0: There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL draft this year. My name is Ben Solak, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Greg Horbeck. We cover trades, free
1: agency, and the draft, which is, yeah, obviously. We'll tell you about everything, which includes which quarterbacks are good, which quarterbacks are bad, and which quarterbacks are just Kirk Cousins. That is the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Search the Ringer NFL Draft
0: Show on Spotify. It's the Mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV.
1: Before we even get this episode of The Mismatch started, Kevin O'Connor and I, Chris Vernon, have had to come on here early for the people because of what took place after we recorded our episode leading into All-Star break. The Memphis Grizzlies defeated the Milwaukee Bucks on TNT, (laughs) and Clay Thompson came off the bench for the Golden State Warriors and reminded everyone that we've got him all messed up and scored 35 points in a turn-back-the-clock performance. So neither of those two subjects were covered, but we do this for you, the people. So here we go. <laughs> it's one of the very few home games that I have not been to this year in Memphis. There was no local broadcast.
0: It didn't go no because in part because you were doing this.
1: For sure. Well, there was no local broadcast because yes, TNT, yes. you can't run side by side. Yep. And so typically I help with the pregame and the postgame shows, but it was one of the few games. There were two, this was the third home game this week. And honestly, I never get to watch home games on TV, much less a national broadcast on TV. So I wanted to see that and man, did I get more than I bargained for with <laughs> the Grizzlies beating the Bucks. Look, It's a great story for the Grizzlies, who are a young team, who keep competing. They got different lineups, different players playing every single night. G.G.
0: Jackson, 27 points off the bench.
1: Off the bench. He, like, every time G.G. Jackson does anything, he's always on these crazy lists of the youngest players to do this, the youngest players to do that. He has been a revelation for sure. They found Vince Williams Jr., who we have talked about on the podcast before. He was a guy that if you go back and look, I went back and looked at like all of the different draft stuff and there was a lot of the, these are the stats that Draymond Green put up in college. These are the stats that Herb Jones put up in college. These are the stats. And it was like a litany of these grinder, a lot of times second round guys that ended up becoming Very good NBA players, uh, long wingspans, good steals and blocks guys, really good shooter from three, grinder. Mm -hmm. So they had obviously already found him. He was a a guy that was drafted in the second round out of VCU, played on a two-way contract, and by virtue of all of the things that went wrong for Memphis this year, got his opportunity, and it became very clear they've got a guy. So they signed him to a contract. The next one was Gigi Jackson. Again, second-round guy. His is a different situation because he reclassed, went to South Carolina, then went straight to the NBA, signed a two-way with Memphis after was drafted in the second round this past year. Again, given the opportunity, put into the lineup, after he had already averaged a bunch and played very well in the G League, got his opportunity with Memphis again, signed a multi-year contract with Memphis. So they had already found two to be part of the roster, part of the rotation to augment you know, what their core was. And those two guys have been absolutely off the charts. There, there's a, a, no lie. Everywhere I go, people ask me about Vince and Gigi. Those are the two guys. And so I was glad to see both of them play great on this night. Zaire Williams was the revelation tonight because Dryer Williams has been, Like not a revelation, and he has had good games here and there, but this was career night for him for sure.
0: Twenty-seven points on nine of thirteen this season—only thirty-nine percent from the field, thirty-one percent from three. So you know, hopefully, he can build on this. And then Lamar Stevens getting him from the Celtics. Lamar Stevens tonight: thirteen points, six of ten, five rebounds. Been very good defensively for Memphis so far. These are the silver linings we're talking about. Guys like Lamar Stevens getting chances.
1: True story. I hate to admit this, but it was whatever the Monday night game was. So these all run together. They had played the Rockets. Uh they played the Rockets last night. That was on Wednesday night and then they played earlier in the week and again, like I said, they all uh, run together, but they had played uh New Orleans. It was the Pelicans game. Oh, yeah, the one we recorded after that. There was like a 14 to 10 fourth quarter. It's miserable. Anyways, uh, we're doing the pregame show, and we're heading into the game. At the end of the pregame show, you're running B-roll of the guys going through the layup line, and I turn to the host of the show, Rob Fisher, this after we're saying, and he's like, and Grizzlies Pelicans up next on <laughs> ballet sports, right? And so the break runs, and I turned to him, and I swear my life, I said, who the hell was that? <laughs> the guy in a Grizzlies uniform going through the layup line had a headband on. I had never seen him in a, in, a, in a uniform. It was Lamar Stevens, and we could only see him from like the side as he was going in. He had braids, he had a headband, and I'm like, who who was that that they just showed? <laughs> and he's like, that's Lamar, <laughs> that's Lamar Stevens. So anyways, that night, they throw Lamar Stevens in there. He's got to guard Zion Williamson and holds up unbelievably. He was great against him. Then the next night, Jaron Jackson Jr. gets in foul trouble. He holds up against Shen I'm like, yo, I kind of love Lamar Stevens. Like, he might be a player. He's big. He's strong. He plays hard as hell. It looks like he can knock down some shots. I was like, geez, did they actually just find another like deep wing rotation guy, possibly, that can be a rostered player, you know, going forward? Because those are the kind of guys you need, guys that you could throw in there that can be switchable. Um, and he held up, look, if you could hold up against Zion and Shingun, then you can hold up end of story i was really i've been really impressed with him he has great
0: strength like cat cat we talk about the calves later on the actual pod we recorded Cavs fans know watching lamar stevens last season in limited minutes he was pretty solid in a real limited role i think that's why boston wanted to get him in the late in the free agency process just to just in case yeah and, and like a guy guy like him boy what an opportunity to get regular minutes for the grizzlies this year really for the first time i mean cleveland he you know it's up and down with minutes but this year with boss uh with a minute the boston he's not playing and now with memphis i mean 10, no. 20, 20 look, plus minutes a night we'll I'll see give who them knows credit
1: they got all kinds of different players one night it's scotty pippen one night it's lamar stevens one night it's this guy one night it's that guy some trey Jamison. so a bunch of guys that a lot of people have never even heard of and that's kind of the way it goes when everybody on your team gets injured and then you're playing it out to kind of talent, evaluate the rest of the way. But I'll give them credit. They compete and they try hard every night. Many nights they don't have enough, but they do play hard and they do share the ball and it has benefited them. The real story, Kevin... Well,
0: but is, that says a lot about Taylor Jenkins. For sure. Well. The, the coaching and obviously the coaching matchup tonight against Doc Rivers, three and seven now with the Bucs.
1: Well, I will say the Grizzlies have been very... They've been a big problem for the Bucks. You got to remember... And we see this a lot in football, too, sometimes with the guys that really know the opponent. Yeah. And nobody knows those guys and nobody knows Giannis and Brooke and what makes them tick and what makes them bothered and what can wreck things. And I know D'Antoni's not there anymore, but Taylor has been very good against the Bucks. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's what I meant. Uh, Budenholzer. Um, He's been very good against the Bucks. And I think a lot of it is he knows a lot of that personnel. Yeah. And so that's always that's always a thing. It is. It's always a thing. Now that is no excuse for Lamar Stevens, Zaire Williams, and Gigi Jackson to be able to beat a fully stocked Bucks team minus Chris Middleton. And it is one hell of a trick for them to be three and seven since Doc came on. And him coach the All Star game this weekend. <laughs> I mean, they just have not reaped the benefits of it, and everybody kept saying the same thing: process, process, process. I, I know you even called out, like, I like what I'm seeing. I do. It's still getting, do. It's getting better. The wins will come, but damn, bro, national TV. For everybody to see against a team that's on a back-to-back who's got none of their able bodies. By the way, Jaron Jackson has been playing, and he didn't even play tonight. And the Bucs can't beat them? What, what? I don't know, man. That's alarming. It's alarming.
0: It's a worrisome loss, but I'll tell you what. The two big questions with the Bucks. The coaching has improved. The defense is improving.
1: Has it though? They're three and seven.
0: It has improved. We talked about this on the show recently. I believe it was earlier this week or last Friday, whenever it was. We talked about the Bucks defense. So listeners can you know go back to the Tuesday episode. But the big questions of the Bucks now are a the health of Chris Middleton. Can he get back to being thirty plus minute per game guy, twenty point per game scorer, run help and run the offense? And b Damian Lillard's consistency. He has been very, very streaky offensively for Milwaukee this season. He's putting up numbers similar to the year two seasons ago with Portland before he had the surgery, and then last year he had the most efficient high-volume scoring season of his entire career. I mean, it's public information going through a divorce right now. It's public that we know he wanted to go to Mo- Mo- Miami. He gets traded to Milwaukee. Clearly a lot going on uh, uh, going on in his personal life, not being able to be around his kids, not being in the city he wanted to be in, away from Portland, new situation, all that. I still wonder, like, you know, we're not too far removed from that injury either. I wonder, I do wonder if that could be a factor that hasn't been discussed at all. I have not heard anything about that, nothing at all, to be clear. But, like, the numbers as a, from the perimeter are very similar to what he did that year. So it's at least noteworthy in my eyes that those two outlier seasons this year and two seasons ago, it just seems like something worth noting there. But the Bucks need he could him to be get a right. smaller
1: guard that's getting older and is in a new environment.
0: Yeah, that that it's it could be a ton of things, a ton of things like new role, new situation, not getting the ball in the same spots. It, it could be a lot.
1: Also, he's a guy that could come out of the All Star break in the last thirty games of the season, average thirty five points a game or something. Bingo. I mean, we know
0: bingo. Like he he can do that. So I think with Dame, you know, it's just you know, it's something just to note that with him, he's not quite the same guy that he was last season when he was thirty two points per game and he was just absolutely absurd efficient efficiently from
1: everywhere. To me, it's the defensive intensity which uh, you can scheme it all you want. You know there. Giannis plays hard every oh, yeah. single night. Well, even tonight, he did everything he had to do. Giannis and played. I just don't feel like all those other guys follow suit all the time. And obviously, when they've got Lillard and Beasley, it's, it can be dynamite offensively when they're knocking down threes. But defensively, it just, I mean, it breaks down an entire defense. Because once you're not staying in front of anybody at the point of attack, now, with as many teams have the same goal, which is get a paint touch, kick out. Get a paint touch, kick out. Well, the way you stop them getting a paint touch is staying in front of somebody. And they don't have many guys that stay in front of people.
0: Yep. I mean, it, it is a roster issue for them. And even with Middleton, he's not the stopper he once was.
1: No. Pretty crazy win for Memphis. Pretty. Wild loss for Milwaukee, especially because you know the nation's watching because it's on it's the it's the only game on TNT. Now, what a lot of people weren't seeing, because it was not the TNT game, was this Golden State game, which we do talk later in the podcast about how Clay Thompson had this miserable ending to the Clipper game, which then landed him on the bench, which is uh it's one thing to not close games. Now, Steve Kerr demoted him from his starter position in place of pods. And I think he took this very seriously because <laughs> Clay Thompson, right here before they're about to head into the All Star break, became 2016 Clay Thompson tonight. <laughs> My God. I mean, they end up winning the game 140 to 137, which is just a crazy. Uh, output for the game but he ends up coming off the bench 13 for 22 7 for 13 from three 35.6 rebounds to assist for clay thompson you figure it out <laughs> i mean
0: what I mean, we say later in the show how uh i like the move starting pods ahead of clay and i still feel that way i hope i hope clay Embraces this over the next week. Like I say later in the pod, he's going to let this marinate being benched. Maybe he'll see this as a good thing coming off the bench. Maybe this will inject some energy into him and he'll play in a like a six man role and be the star six man for the Warriors. That'd be kind of cool. If this comes like off the and next get chapter. buckets, huh? Yeah, that'd be kind of sick, right?
1: I mean, he certainly got buckets tonight. I'll give him that. That was turn back the clock. On the other side, Look, Colin Sexton's been fantastic this season. He had Keonte 35, George, 33. but Keontae George, yes, this is another rookie. We talked about him a lot and how great he looked at summer league. He had slimmed down from his time at Baylor, and we thought, boy, this is one that could really be a steal. Uh, That was our first impressions from watching him in Utah, right? You know, like You're watching all these different lottery picks. There's some that stand out, and there's some that don't. He clearly was on the list. Anybody could go back and find those pods. We were we were in love with what we saw from Keontae George and thought, hey, this is one of those guys that got drafted a little bit later that we may very well look and go, oh, he should not have been drafted a little bit later, you know, in the same realm of you can go all the way back to Paul Pierce going 10th. You can go all the way back to, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Giannis and and, and Donovan Mitchell and all, all manner of guys, right? there. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, for that matter, every year, there's somebody. And so if you're trying to, like, figure out, okay, who's that, like, 10 to 15 guy that might have been the one that we're going to look back and go, geez, man, how did he end up going 10 to 15? Keontae George might be that guy. And he has certainly showed glimpses this year. The stats aren't great, but this was this was a big, big performance.
0: One month ago on the Ringer, I wrote an article: uh, seven seven NBA observations in the Spurs trade rumors and the Lakers' next move. That's the article where I talked about why the Spurs should trade for Trey Young this summer. In that same article, uh, I have a thing on there: a rookie check-in on Keontae George, and I, I interviewed Keontae earlier in the season and talked to him about his progress. And one of the things that I talked to him about was like, you know, finding scoring consistency. Because he was, you know, defending a bit harder. He was showing a lot of playmaking skill throughout the season. But how does he find scoring consistency? Well, that was published uh, on January 15th. His last 10 games, Chris, last 10 games. This is according to Ben Dowsett. uh, a Jazz covers the Jazz. He's done some freelancing for the Ringer as well. Ben tweeted this out tonight. Keontae George's per 36-minute stats over the last 10 games. 20.7 points. 5.1 assists, 3.9 rebounds, 48% from the field, 42% from three, 86% from the line. So Keontae George, last 10 games, playing around 27, 28 minutes per game, extrapolated out the per 36. This is the stretch where he's really starting to find that consistency with this being his best overall game so far of his entire career, showing off all the talent together. Good for Keontae George and hopefully for the Jazz who are kinda, you know, sputtering a bit up and down, that he continues to be one of the bright spots for them to close this season in the second half.
1: Seems like an unbelievable second year leap candidate as well. Yes.
0: With his scoring ability and like who knows what the Jazz will do with their with trades this offseason as well. Like a lot of touches could potentially open up for him.
1: Yeah. And if he catches on these last twenty, twenty five games really shows us something, then he comes into next season. We're like, okay. Bingo. This was this was predictable.
0: He's one of my regrets in the draft i I at one point i mean we were high on him, but in terms of in terms of my ranking, I at one point had him like fifth, i think something like that and i and I shifted him down to i think like twelve something like that. He ended that. I should have kept him higher. It was the weight thing that that's what it was yeah, I had him sixth when the big board launched in January. Uh, of last year and then I moved him down to 14 that's where he finished so a little too low
1: alright so we want to make sure that we covered both of those things that took place oh and I guess I should mention yeah because there'll be the uh, 10 uh, uh, Wolves fans that tweet us that are mad uh, they're killing the Blazers, so there you go. At the time of recording, they're killing the Blazers. So congrats <laughs> no, no, to them. No surprise. <laughs> Your team's amazing. Everybody loves them, and <laughs> the national the national media.
0: Rudy Gobert uh, is a god.
1: Yeah, uh, Carl, is. Carl Anthony Towns has got the perfect voice and is awesome.
0: And, <laughs> and Mike, well, you could rave about Mike Conley. Genuinely, I do you love can. Mike Conley. You do like Mike Conley, yeah.
1: I like that. Well, I, I love Conley and Edwards. I, do. I, I
0: like the wolf. I like a lot Since of wolves. Everybody players.
1: else that annoys me. I
0: mean, I mean, you know, I like Gobert. <laughs> I like Jaden McDaniels, awesome defender, and Akeel Alexander. Walker's been great defensively this year. I've always liked Monte Morris, their new there backup point guard. I've loved Morris for a lot of years.
2: I, I like, like the Nas, coach. Nas
0: reed naz reed yeah, I like Chris Finch too. I like a lot of the Wolves players. I like. I know, we didn't even mention Anthony Edwards, their star. I did mention him. I said I oh, like yeah, Conley oh, and okay. Edwards. Okay. Well, I missed that in hear You say it, yeah, that's so, what I like, yeah, but I love Edwards and I, you know, and you know, I love, I love Rudy Gobert.
1: So, so. don't yell at us, Minnesota. All right. <laughs> All right. Now to the actual episode that we had already recorded. Welcome to the Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Thursday night from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blizarian, Kevin O'Sphere, Kevin O'Gallatin, Kevin <laughs> <laughs>
0: I caught that at the end there, Chris. Oh, oh. (laughs) kind of snuck in a new one on you. That's good. I like it. Yeah, Gallatin's.
1: All right. We're going to do kind of a (laughs) all-star break check-in as there are going to be all kinds of NBA all-star events going on this weekend. You are not going, right? No, I'm not not going. going. No. Sorry, I'm not going to grace you with my presence, Indiana, but not this time. I went last year. I'm taking
0: the, the weekend to catch up on draft stuff. Oh, ah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, it's a like all-star weekend here. We got, you know, Spotify next week. We're not doing a show early in the week. We'll be back next Thursday night or Friday morning um, with our next show, depending on the timing of when you listen. Um, but I'm going to take this time all-star weekend to do a lot of draft stuff. So that that's my plan for the, the time here.
1: I'm going to do a tremendous amount of self-reflection. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. No, like I'm Draymond
0: Green, right? You're going to look at, you're going to. Yeah. Like that tight? Like some basically nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Let's get to <laughs> our
1: all-star break league check-in. Kevin, first question. Is it possible in the Western Conference, we already have our 10 teams settled? That given... The recent successes of both the Los Angeles Lakers and Golden State Warriors, which were at least bad enough through the first portion of the season for people to question whether or not they would be playoff or even play in teams and where they were going to go from here. But given their recent success and the fact that they are part of the top 10, are we now looking right now, though the order will change, but our top 10 is already decided. Do you buy that? I buy it completely. Our top 10 has been decided for sure.
0: I mean, just to go through it real quick, you have kind of a top four that's all two and a half games between behind each other. Minnesota, OKC, Clippers, Nuggets. And then you got four teams that are within a game and a half of each other, the Suns, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and the Kings. And then the Lakers, as you mentioned, and then the Warriors, as you mentioned. And the Warriors are a game and a half up on the Jazz, three games up on the Rockets, and then after that you have the Grizzlies, the Blazers, and the Spurs, the bottom teams in the West. I think those 10 are going to stay in the top 10 spots. It's only going to be a matter of how they end up falling and what order. Um, But I'd be a little bit surprised if if the Lakers or Warriors at this point were to fall down. The Lakers are playing a lot better recently. They've found some good combinations. Darvin Ham has done a better job there, and we we have not seen the Warriors game yet tonight, but Steve Kerr, after Pods had an awesome game the other night, and Klay Thompson completely blew it down the stretch after pouting from the bench. Uh, He has benched Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson will come off the bench tonight in Thursday's game, the last game before the All-Star break. He's going to have to marinate over that for the next week before the Warriors play again and think about his place in the league right now, while Pods rightfully starts ahead of him. So I think Kerr also is making some of the the tough decisions that he didn't do earlier in the year that he
1: now is with the younger guys on the team. Well, he gave him an out. He gave him an out with the debacle. That was the intentional foul after Mm -hmm. pods had hit that huge three. (sighs) And I've seen a bunch of different videos that have kind of gone through the look at the Warriors bench and, Players on the court reaction to that—they are just, I mean, flummoxed. They can't, be, they can't believe what he has done, and he's just doing his, you know, side to side, you know, sway as he goes back. But you know, that was a that was a big game. That was one that we had circled as, it. hey, are they real? Now, of course, they. It was without Kawhi Leonard in this game, and they blew it.
0: They were up like nine points with what seventy seconds left. Right. Eighty seconds, ninety seconds? It was, they were up a lot late.
1: Yeah. And so look, uh, he gave him an out by making such an egregious error at the end of that game. Uh, but and it'll be fascinating to see. They certainly have played much, much better since the Draymond return as well. We did not get to speak because it took uh, about the next subject because it happened after our last podcast. But the story comes out about the conversations that were attempted uh, or at least had when uh, reaching out to the LeBron James representatives to see whether or not he would like to be part of the Golden State Warriors and also whether or not the Lakers would be interested in moving on from LeBron James in Los Angeles. And obviously we know nothing came of that, but I was interested in the idea that LeBron James did not want to do that and made that clear through his representation. As you read through the report from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne, what did you make of the Warriors and the Lakers even broaching this topic?
0: You, you mentioned how LeBron, through his represent- representation, released the thing that LeBron won't be traded. He's not going to ask for a trade. That's not necessarily saying that he doesn't want something like that. That's just the framing of the public conversation that they don't they don't want it perceived as LeBron forcing his way out of LA. that That's what that was.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the statement. I'm talking about in their article, they said they had to reach out and talk to Rich Paul. And when they talked to Rich Paul, that they, there was not interest from that side.
0: I think they want to play out the year is, is what
1: they want to do. And then reassess this offseason. Well, you know what here let me take a quick 2 second time out. You know what I thought is something possibly on the horizon and it's something that you have been hitting on over and over again. It's starting to gain a little steam and then I'm I'm just putting two and two together here. Did you see Kendrick Perkins when he went on with McAfee and he said they need to just chill in LA, get through this season cuz there is a superstar on the way. I'm not going to say who it is. But there is a superstar on the way. He is coming to L.A. next year. And he's going on. You know, he's like, I'm not Ramona Shelburne. I'm not, uh, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm not Adam Schefter. It's not what I do. There's people that trust me. Blah, 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 blah. But they're just going to sit tight, get through this year, and there's a superstar on the way. And my mind immediately went to you weeks ago, possibly months ago, bringing up Trey Young. You think that's who he was talking about? Trey, look, I've said for a while. What other superstar or somebody that you would even term that could he even possibly be talking about? I mean,
0: look, I've said for quite a while now that Trey Young is highly likely to be traded this offseason. And I think it'll be San Antonio or the Lakers or maybe your surprise team like the Orlando Magic, somebody that's in need of a point guard, somebody like Orlando. But the Lakers or the Spurs would be the top two teams in all likelihood for him. And I think for L.A., that is, that is 100% why they decided not to make any moves this, this trade deadline because they want to have the flexibility to trade three first-round draft picks this summer. They didn't want to ruin the chance of making the best offer for Trey Young or whoever it might be who becomes available. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell, they'd love to have. I don't think he's necessarily going to be available unless he forced his way out. Howard Beck, you know, in his article this week on The Ringer said how he had a Western Conference executive saying that they expect Mitchell not to stay in Cleveland. We'll see about that. Cleveland's rolling right now. Um, But Trey Young and the Hawks, they're not. So I think we're heading towards Trey Young, a guy who has not been voted or chosen to an all-star team for two years, except as a replacement. Um, You know, I I think for Trey, he's a guy ready to win, playing the best basketball of his life right now. And I would expect a trade this offseason from him leaving Atlanta. So for the Lakers, they'd be one of the teams that could go there, that could go and make a strong offer. And plus with Trey, with his youth, you could have him as your one of your post LeBron building blocks. As a guy that you have, as, if LeBron decides to leave or retires and you have him and AD together, as AD enters his mid-30s and Trey Young, that could be one of the best pick-and-roll combinations in all of basketball. AD, he's one of the best lob threats ever. Ever. So I think, you know, for the Lakers, that makes sense for today and for the future. And that's one reason why they will be patient here. And that's another reason why LeBron wouldn't want to be traded yet. It's about waiting until the offseason to then assess the situation. Do the Lakers land him or not? Maybe because the Spurs can make a better offer if they want to. The Spurs could offer the Hawks their own draft picks, which is why in January I wrote that article saying, hey, the Spurs and Hawks make a heck of a lot of sense for a Trey Young trade because they can actually offer the Hawks back the picks that they gave up to get Dejounte Murray. So the the Spurs can outbid the Lakers if they want to. Um, It's just a matter of if they decide to do that or sit on those assets and go for somebody else out there that could be. Well, and obviously
1: who knows what their pick could be given the lottery. Their, mm-hmm. their greatest asset is going to be possibly a number one pick or a number two pick or a number yeah. three pick. They're going to have a really good chance. I mean, it's, they're going to have a great chance of getting one of the top four picks on the draft for sure. Cause their record is pathetic.
0: A hundred percent, Chris. I mean, the Spurs, they currently have the third best odds, Uh, Like, you know, that gives them a 52.1% chance of landing in the top four, a 14% chance of landing the number one pick. So San Antonio, if they wanted to move that pick, or maybe they don't even need to move that pick to have the best offer, just just the Hawks' future picks alone could potentially be enough. You might not need to give that pick, but that's where you can get creative here. If the Spurs end up with the number three pick, right, the Hawks currently have the ninth best odds the Hawks could trade nine and Trey Young to get three and all of their f- other future picks back from the Spurs. Or like if the Spurs ended up number one and the Hawks were number four, like like you could do a, fl- a flip there within this year's draft because the Hawks have their own lottery pick too. So there's ways for those teams to get creative in ways that the Lakers couldn't with an offer. And obviously we're jumping ahead here, but I, I do think it's it's worth glancing ahead with this stuff because it does dictate where these are where these teams are today and this this whole conversation this week about LeBron and the Warriors that is why nothing happened because LeBron and the Lakers both want to give this time and the team is crushing recently they're playing great he might very well stay with the Lakers and they're they they get to the second or third round this year and then they reload that's very possible Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's the NBA All-Star break, so let's look ahead to All-Star weekend. I'm looking at the Rising Stars tournament on Friday. I like Team Jalen, plus two and a half points or plus 100 with the money line over Team Tamika on Friday night. And to win it all, Team Powell. Plus 120, they got Victor Wembanyama, Pods, Haquez, Bali, Brandon Miller, Paul Gasol knows how to draft, so I really like that team in the Rising Stars Tournament Challenge. You can also bet on three-point contests, on the All-Star Game itself on Sunday. There's a bunch of different ways to bet on the NBA with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. So if you want to do that, just visit FanDuel.com mismatch and shoot your shot. FanDuel. Official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit slash rg First online real money wager only $10 the first deposit required. Bonus issued and non withdrawable Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com.
1: So we, if we, if we both agree that the ten are settled, then there's there are at least a couple I think that are going to play it out and be. Right there, at least trying to the end. Because you never know. All it would take is one guy twisting his ankle Absolutely. and missing six weeks. And so Utah's still right there. Utah's only a game and a half behind Golden State. And Houston is three back from Golden State. Now, I saw Houston in person last night. They've got their share of guys that were out. I, I you know, I didn't see Van Vliet. I didn't see Tari Eason. I didn't see they. Had, they had a couple other. Cam Whitmore wasn't playing last night, but they still had. They certainly had a lot more guys than Memphis did last night. But let's just say it was a unimpressive effort to say the least. It was my first time to get a look at Amen Thompson in an NBA uniform what in you person. You a fan? Oh, brother! I mean Kevin.
0: <laughs> He's so athletic, right? If he put something <laughs> together,
1: look, it didn't get a lot of look. That that's a rat game. Uh, and I know that most people are not going to care about that game, but I will say typically you could catch some highlights like going viral from it, and this did not get viral. But I will say he did one one thing in that game that I, I was so impressed by. At one point in that game, and it did not go viral, he caught a ball off the rim. I'm talking flat-footed and off-vert. Jumped up and just spiked it. And like you just don't see, you don't see it. You don't see stuff like that. He has a top point oh five percent athleticism in the yeah. NBA. Seriously. It is off the chart. And he found out and it honestly like made a massive difference in the game. I'm interested to see if he can put it all together. You know, he's still it's a rookie who's getting his first big minutes in the NBA. Um, it didn't really get cracking until later on than some of his peers in this season, but if he ever throws it together, he he has ability, as we talked about with both those of brothers, yeah. the scoring thing and the shooting thing is what is going to be what they have to tackle, but everything else, boy, they get in there, they can rebound, they can get steals, they can get blocks, they are just so ridiculously athletic. Um, that they can impact a game in a lot of different ways besides scoring. And he, by the way, he scored last night. I think he had like 19 in the game I went to, but he was the one that really stood out. It's really like, besides shooting.
0: Like, like they can yeah. score at rim and, you know, get hot, but like they don't need to shoot threes in order to make a positive impact. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I did wonder at one point last night, I did wonder, and this is a down the road thing. I did wonder you know how we talk, like, "Hey, can you get the best of these guys when they're playing together? Can you get yeah, the yeah. best Scotty Barnes if he's next to Siakam? Can you get the best Evan Mobley if he's next to Jared Allen? Can you get the best?" Winner? I did wonder about the Jabari shengun thing.
2: Mm. Can you
1: ever get the best? You know, can they both become huh. the best version of themselves as a tandem? Yeah, because they're yeah, two yeah. young. I mean, tantalizingly talented guys. And Shen Goon is obviously very, he's much farther ahead offensively than Jabari. But I think Jabari's got a lot of offense that he's going to be able to unlock down the road. And I wonder if they are simultaneously going to be able to be their best.
0: I think you can. Uh, Because with Jabari Smith, it's going to be a matter of, what level does he reach as a shooter? And it's the same thing with Shen Yun too. Shen Yun needs to improve as a three-point shooter. But Jabari Smith right now is a 36% guy from three. As a rookie, he was at 31%. So those numbers still need to get better. If he can become a 40% guy, that lessens the pressure on Shen Yun to do it. However, I think the point you're hitting at with Houston, they have so much talent. It's almost too much talent to develop.
1: At you got to figure point, it all out.
0: They gotta, at some point, consolidate some of these guys, and you know, then that's where you can really hone in on who's who's your dudes that you're really that you want to be contending with when you reach that point. At some point, you're obviously not there yet. You're not even a playing team at the moment, but uh, they have so many guys on their roster that deserve developmental opportunities. Like you're saying, they're saying with Jabari Smith, he deserves touches to develop as a scorer. I mean, doesn't get him every night.
1: I know. I'll give you a good one though watching them and you see the difference between when you're like treating it as a real organization with a real coach. Like last night, Udoka was like, bro, you're not here to play. You're not playing, Jalen Green. Mm -hmm. You're not here to play. You're not playing. Jay Sante's trying. This guy's trying. Like if you're going to dick around, then you're not playing. And then he just (laughs) didn't play. It was like he would, I mean, like he wasn't even in the game. Yep. And somebody asked me, if Jalen green played last night, cause they did not remember it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was out there for a little bit. <laughs> but I mean, like the, 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 when I tell you the impact was minimal, it, that is an overstatement. Um, so anyways, we, if we feel like we got our tail, we got Utah, Utah's going to play it out. Houston's going to play it out. And then you got those three teams at the bottom, Memphis, Portland, San Antonio. And then we're just watching for prospects, up and comers, rookies, see if Scoot can get it together the last you know 30 games of the season. And then you highlighted Victor Wimbayama, who has certainly gotten the most amount of chatter, viral clips, et cetera, over the course of the last two weeks as he's had throughout uh, the season. And that because he had that triple-double with the blocks that we talked about and all kinds of other exploits. But I saw... You went out of your way to highlight kind of what he has done over the course of the past uh, two months. You posted that on various social media outlets, um, which has been super impressive. You can read off the stats if you want.
0: Sure. Um, Victor Wabanyama, last two months, 21.8 points, 9.6 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 3.5 blocks, 1.1 steals, and that's in only 26 Point nine minutes per game because of the minutes restriction he was dealing with per 36. That's 29.2 points, 12.9 rebounds, 4.9 assists, 4.6 blocks, 1.4 steals. Like those are crazy numbers. And then efficiency-wise, as the a score, is 72% from the restricted area, 37% from mid-range, 38% from three, 81% from the from the free throw line. I said at the end of that post, Victor Webanyama is a top 20 player already. Do you agree with me on that, that he's already at that point?
1: Well, A, that's one less spot for your buddy Franz, uh, if you're already putting him in the top 20. Franz he's is
0: not a top 20 guy yet.
1: You can't have 40 top 20 players. I,
0: I, say, I said Franz will be a top 20 player. He's not oh, yet today.
1: Look, here, here's the deal, Kevin. If we're lining them up on a wall, uh, this is how we did. I remember we did this with Zion mm-hmm. yep. you know, years ago. We're lining them up all up on a wall. We're going to pick teams. You got to win today. There is zero chance. You think he's making it to 20? <laughs> of course. Absolutely not. I
0: think, Wendy, I last posted my top 50, my personal top 50 in November. I had him 25 in the middle of November, less than a month into his rookie year. I'd have him probably around like 18 or 19 right now.
1: Well, I, I got to be honest with you. I took such great great joy in your celebration of Victor and also the stats. I thought the stats were great. They are great. Especially when there wasn't much context uh, put to it. But I couldn't help but notice that you didn't mention that there is kind of a tie in here that six weeks ago, there might have very well been a major change within the way the Spurs were being run and that six weeks ago, they actually started playing basketball with a point guard of which you were a proponent of the first madness. And the truth is, we could have gotten this from Victor Wimbayama all season. The numbers with him on the court With the point guard, Trey Jones have been off the charts all year long. All year long. The only thing that set him back was that they had this positionless basketball by putting a guy who has no business playing, you know, point guard at point guard to the detriment of team and player.
0: Look, Chris, I think you're wrong and here's why because it's not just them having trey jones play more point guard and giving jeremy sohan more of his natural role as a forward it's also the fact that they've put the ball into Wemby's hands how does
2: it get through his hands
0: but they all but they're just sometimes just letting him run pick and roll like sometimes Wemby is running the pick and roll as the ball handler that that is something that didn't happen a lot earlier in the season so yes they they are not playing Sohan as a point guard as much, but they're also playing Wemby as a point guard more often. It's not like just it's Trey Jones running the show all game long. It, it's still hey. a multi ball handler offense. And, and listen, my, wait a minute, wait a minute. One as second.
1: my farmer uncle would say, Kevin, denial ain't just a river in Egypt.
0: No, but like you're moving you the goal- no because you're moving the goalposts here. My no, only I'm art. Not. My only argument, anybody can go back and listen to listen to the shows. My only argument for giving Sohan those point guard minutes was to expand what he can become and see what he can become. To get to, it's worthy of experimentation to see if that there's more to his game. That was the argument there, not I, I, to I, the
1: detriment I, to the entire franchise no, no, and no. your franchise no. player. No, no, no,
0: no, nope, nope. You can again, you can listen back to the shows. I said it's worth doing this if it also means losing some more games and digging a hole deeper when the incentive isn't to win games. You're tanking. You're trying to lose. You're trying to get higher odds here. So the incentive isn't to get a play-in spot and to maximize your odds of winning. Wemby's going to get better no matter what. I said to you in this pod, there's also incentive to making things harder on Wemby, making things difficult on him. So he himself can grow through that after he's been a winner. Every stage of his career, after he's always been the man, it's all there's also incentive to making things harder on him. I stand by. Everything I said about that early season experiment, I think I was spot on about all of that being worth it. And it doesn't change the fact that Wemby's flourishing now. This further enhances my point because this was going to happen no matter what. It doesn't. That's why it was worth doing that earlier in there. It wasn't it wasn't derailing anything with Wemby. If anything, they weren't it even competitive.
1: Bet. They had an 18 game losing streak.
0: Of course, who not. is that
1: good for
0: who is that good? for? I, th- I would argue it's good for Wemby. I'd argue it's you good for him. You got to be kidding me. I would argue it.
1: I would. Oh and and I do it right now. Well then shit, these all these pistons are going to be in the Hall of Fame cuz Lord knows no, no, no. they've nev- got the greatest experience. Nope.
0: I would never say it's good for James Wiseman or any of those guys.
1: Why? Because Popovich no. is not their coach?
0: It's because of who Wemby is. It's his mind. It's who he how he's wired as a person. This it, is
1: bananas.
2: It's not at
1: all. Actually. Yeah, not, this is bananas. You, okay. you, when, you when the, convincing no, me no, that no, no, no. an 18-game losing streak is good for a player Yeah, I is think it is. Most wild thing I, I think happened.
0: it. Is, I think it is for Wendy because he's somebody who he has experienced loss in the past year. He goes to the championship game with Mets 92. He loses in the finals. He gets drafted number one, and he immediately is like, I'm trying to win a finals ASAP. And he's someone who he and his circle expect to win ASAP. Like, I think the Spurs, this is why the Trey Young stuff is going to be a conversation. The Spurs are going to try to improve things this offseason, so next year they are competitive. Wemby wants to win. There is is an advantage to somebody experiencing what it's like to lose like this for Wemby. There are greater questions with the Spurs that we can talk about. We can talk about, for the Wemby side of things, if he would see Greg Popovich as the right coach for the future after he's seen Pop go through stretches this year of not really coaching. Wemby doesn't care as much about what Pop did with Tim Duncan back in the day and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. Wemby needs to see Pop coach now. So I think there's, there's bigger questions about the future of the Spurs, aside from some of the experimentation we saw and aside of the losing that relates to Wemby's future. To me, that stuff, it could be beneficial, but it's really about some of that those other factors. Does Pop still have it? That's
1: my big question with San Antonio. Well, according to you, he does, because this was brilliant to suck and to lose 18 straight. And these are all great lessons. And Sohan got so much better because of it. And Wimby learned the value of losing. No, not the value of of losing. And he learns
0: how bad it tastes.
1: How bad? Like the idea that it was good for him to lose 18 games in a row is crazy to me.
0: How to deal with losing, how to help a team be better when they're going through tough times. Like, like what, what, I, I feel like. Wait, you're so just, when, now that they're getting these wins, are is it good for him? How can you argue against that there's not valuable lessons in losing? Wait. This, this is a simple life thing. Somebody, Wendy has
1: won his entire life. Look, when you, if you're losing on purpose, there's no value to it. Literally none. There's only value in competing and then falling short. It's not like they aren't competing. But they weren't competing. They were getting drilled every night. It's not like they aren't competing. competing. They weren't. And now they are. And so there is great value to this. Their net rating is still terrible. Their net rating with Trey Jones and Victor Wimbayama is unbelievably positive. A positive net rating. This season, with those two on the floor. Which you would think is impossible.
0: Considering it's those Zach Collins minutes where everything
1: (laughs) falls apart. It it would be (laughs) how (laughs) they can be a positive. They have actually won per 100 possessions with those two players on the floor. And the second... That let, let me pull made up the, number the switch. Real quick for you. They this became is, a is, competitive basketball This team. is
0: this is their numbers right now this season. Wemby plus Trey Jones. They are outscoring teams by two point seven points per one hundred possessions, according to PBP stats. That's their numbers right now with Trey Jones and Victor Wembanyama sharing the floor together.
1: So that's we're agreeing. That's good. Yeah, they're above. And so zero. it's good to compete. They're a plus. Yeah. So, is it good to compete, and it's good to lose, or is it only? I, I Chris, I don't I don't, I don't, I
0: don't, I don't honestly don't even know what you're arguing. Of course, you want to compete. They were competing. It's not like no, they these-
1: weren't. They had the worst point differential in the NBA by a wide margin. They were they lost 18 games in a row.
0: Yeah, but this
1: team is not good. Period. They're competing now. They, in fact, I think the only blowout they've had. Since the Trey Jones thing, at least uh, up until last week, was the Oklahoma City, I think it was, or one of the games that Trey Jones sat in. The rest of the time, they got some really good wins in there too. Honestly, like
0: I'm, I'm not even. I feel like we're arguing two different things here, because all I'm saying is that there's value, there's lessons to be learned in losing. That's all I'm saying. That's a life thing, not just like the course they're competing. As individual players are competing, the team sucks. There's, there's lessons to be learned in that for a teenage prospect who's been number one his entire life.
1: All I'm saying is I think they should have competed the whole season. And this could have been I a see, much better season.
0: I, do, I disagree completely because if they competed... Intentionally
1: these, not competing be, Because the point, is you
0: literally just said 10 minutes ago, well, they have high draft odds. That's going to give them more flexibility to make trade offers for a star this summer. Well, why do they have high draft odds? Because they favored experimentation over being average earlier in the season. That's why they suck so hard because they're experimenting. It It wasn't. Of course, you're just avoiding the
1: point. All right, move on. Not avoiding the point. Yeah, you are. I just paused you talking about them sucking so hard. (laughs) Not
0: avoiding right, the but, point. But you know I got you there. It's true. No,
1: you didn't <laughs> get anything. I, yes,
0: I did. Because is, you're because your point is, is that you're saying they should have been competing the whole year after you said they have high draft odds to help them get a star this summer. Why are they? Well, no, that's position the to,
1: situation that they're in. Look, Memphis could go out and play Gigi Jackson at point guard every night. And you would sit there and you would say, Well, this is great for no, the I, long no, term I, no, for the no, no, I would of not say this, that. That's
0: fucking stupid. No, it's not. I would not say that because GG Jackson doesn't have guard skills. It's not his
1: Neither so- does Jeremy Sowai.
0: Okay, well, you haven't watched him then. Yes, he, I have. He, he stunk. He's, a, he's not a
1: he point guard. He was terrible. <laughs> he's not a, he point, guard. a <laughs> point guard. <laughs> he is a terrible point guard. Horrible, <Okay>. awful, pathetic, <laughs> deplorable, <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> the worst. The worst. And it was a travesty to even have to watch it.
0: He's not a point guard, but he's a connective forward. And so he the is, po- we are just oh going in circles here. The point of doing <laughs> it, the point of playing him there was to, A, experiment. B, see if you can get more out of him to see if he does have it in him. Find out what you have for the future. And C, yes, if he sucks, you're losing more.
1: Um, they accomplished Check. C. Check. They accomplished Check. C.
0: They accomplished all three because they found out a lot about him. And guess what they found out? Everything you just said about him is a point guard.
1: <laughs> but it was worth could. I could have told them. They yeah. didn't have to do it all. Yep.
0: Listen back to our pods in December and January. And I'm saying the same thing now
1: as I did then. No, you weren't.
0: I was. So right. You can listen back. You're forgetful. You're getting old, Chris.
1: I'm not getting old.
0: <laughs> I see more of the wrinkles with that
1: HD camera. No, you I've got. been using the serum. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh Eastern Conference. <laughs> do you believe we have our 10 teams in the Eastern Conference? Uh it's Boston, Cleveland. Oh, let's take a a, a quick timeout to praise Cleveland. What? Well, there's a lot of seven and three teams, and a lot of teams that have been good in their last ten. Cleveland, who has brought back guys into their lineup uh, after they had really gotten going, have been able to assimilate with the uh, you know bringing back uh, some key guys, and along the way have, have gone nine and one in their last ten games, and I feel like. There's been three different times throughout the season where we've been like, okay, do we start like really believing in Cleveland? Do we need to start talking about Cleveland? Are they the Philly replacement now? Should they be, or should we be talking about them? Like we talk about Boston, like we talk about Milwaukee, like we talk about New York as a team that has real Eastern conference finals opportunity and, and, I know that you know. I've heard Russillo say this, and I think it's 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 a wise thing he said. He says that speaks for a lot of us that are NBA fans, and it is so hard to get that Knicks series out of our head. Last year, I mean, they just got pummeled in that thing, and then had some disturbing quotes about how they like they were not ready for that. <laughs> and they like that level of physicality and toughness and every everything that the playoffs brought, and Jared Allen especially, who turned into a pumpkin. Uh, when it mattered, and so it, it, it's kind of like a you got to prove it to me. It feels a little bit like a team that Donovan was on in Utah, where we accepted all year long. Awesome regular season team. You got to prove it to me by when, when you're when you're in the Western Conference Finals, then we're going to believe it. But it might take until then for you to truly win us over. uh Where are you with this? Because this Cleveland thing has not stopped. And it has been a a freight train for now a couple months going.
0: I mean, I'm the same place I was the last time we talked about him, that this team looks like Evan Mobley has returned, and he has returned a brand-new, improved player. He's addressed some of the stuff that we talked about earlier in the season where it looked like his development was stagnated. But in the nine games since he returned, at 15.3 points per game, he's at 57% from three. Granted, it's only 1.6 attempts per game. Uh, but he's doing more stuff on the perimeter. Looks more comfortable off the dribble, and that has you know continued to allow Jared Allen to just flourish, like he was through that entire absence without him. Jared Allen so versatile on rolls to the rim. Such a good decision maker as a passer. Mitchell's still thriving. Garland isn't even shooting threes at a high level yet since he returned, and yet he seems to be playing incredibly well despite the shot not falling right now. So I think with Cleveland, everything that worked, that you talked about with those kind of 3 and D guys, you know, fitting alongside them, whether it was, you know, Matt Struess, Okoro, now a reliable shooter. Sam
1: Merrill. Merrill.
0: I mean, like up and down the line on that roster. Um, they have a lot of guys that have fit next to the Mitchell-Allen-centric offense. But Mobley is fitting in, Garland is fitting in, and the team is continuing to thrive. Do I still look at them at the same level as the Sixers plus Joel Embiid or the Bucks with newfound improved defense or the Celtics with
1: all their talent and experience? No. But I will say this, Kevin. One thing that has dawned on me is that that was so highly successful with the Mitchell and Allen tandem, with surrounded by the wings, they were all they were so good. I mean, on offense and defense, they were just on a win streak to no end. It has dawned on me, like, hey, what if, what if JB plays this thing right, and we don't think of it like, oh. Those are our four guys. But rather, you think of it like two different pairings that, of course, they're going to take the floor together, and they're going to take the floor together a lot. But as the going gets tough, that you have the two guys and then the two guys. You have Mitchell and Allen, and you can surround it, and you have Garland and Mobley, and you can surround Mm. it. Because if you're leaving in Garland and Mobley to play against second units, That's a bloodbath. Yeah. And so now if that other can hold up, right? Like, and you're mixing and matching to where, you know, now I got these guys back and we don't have to look at it as, okay, now all these guys have to play together because we don't have enough depth around them. You know, we can't be good enough. They actually are good enough around them that you can mix and match this to where, okay, now here's the moment where Garland and Mobley, you guys are going to do your thing, and you guys can two-man on this. And then we can go back to Donovan, and at that point, that's something we don't see very often, where it's like, you can run the show, and then you can run the show, but it's something that they'll be able to utilize that I think could make them pretty devastating if they pull it off. I mean, like
0: having star depth, essentially. Yeah. Like, Like, that's what it is. If you have if you have, you know, if you're able to when Mobley and Allen play together, if Mobley is able to effectively space, but you also have the option to have one of them on the floor for all 48 minutes, you play them a little bit together, play them a little bit solo. And same thing with Garland and Mitchell. If they're able to coexist together and your defense is so strong because of the Mobley-Allen back line, uh, your offense can flourish, and then you have one of those guys on the floor for all 48 minutes with exactly the type of structure you're talking about, that's what gives
1: Cleveland a chance. It's kind of just a younger version of the same duo. Yes. <laughs> Which yeah. is best equipped to be a duo. Yeah. Right?
0: and I, I think that's where, like, you if you're a Cavs fan right now, everything you just said is why you're going to be feeling so good. Even if there's, like, I don't think they're on the same level of some of those other teams. Even if you acknowledge that as a Cavs fan and you say, you know what, yeah. Second round, or if we could sneak into the conference finals, great. That's a victory. That's a step forward for your franchise. I I don't think the expectation for the Cavs should be NBA finals. They haven't been through it yet. And as you said, that Knicks series still does stick in your mind right now. But we'll see if this is where an improvement came. Because I think Jared Allen looks better this season than he did last season. Evan Mobley, the last nine games, looks better than he ever has in his entire career. Um, uh, so, I mean, I think you, you gotta, you, you don't want to fall into recency bias, but at the same time, I do think you have to take in new information, especially with young players and how they're progressing. And Mobley, after I've been pretty critical of him offensively throughout basically his entire career, I'm very optimistic, uh, with what we've seen recently.
1: Let's see if he can sustain it now. Well, oh, and in fairness to them, they've got better wings, which is going to make them better equipped Big time, big time. You know yeah. I mean.
0: Yep, Dean, Dean Wade. Out, I mean, we didn't even mention Dean Wade. Like, Okoro's a real shooter at this point. He's for real.
1: Contract year, right?
0: No, last year he started figuring it out as a shooter, Okoro. Mm. Yeah, he did. He did. Midway through last season, he figured it out. Not as much in that playoff series. Not in the playoffs, no. <laughs> but but mid- regular season at least. And that's like what you're, you're saying. He's
1: still shooting a, a low amount, right?
0: Yeah, he's a low volume guy. But yeah. Uh, well let me just pull up Okoro's numbers real quick, just to detail this for the listeners. Right now he's at thirty-nine point three percent from three on two point three attempts per game. Last season he was two point three attempts per game, thirty-six point three three percent. But as I stated midway through the year, I think it was middle of December, he started shooting closer to the percentage that he is right now. The issue is is, you know, like you said in the postseason, he did not shoot at the same level that he did during the regular season. He was at 30.8% in the postseason on 2.6 attempts per game. And that's where, like, regular season hitting, you know, relatively open shots compared to postseason when everything's tighter contested. It makes me think about the Bob Myers quote at Sloan, God knows how long ago. I I like might have been seven, eight years ago at this point. Bob Myers was talking about how when they assess shooters. You know, you, you like there's a difference between looking at playoff film and regular season film because an open three pointer might be two, three feet of space in the regular season versus in the playoffs. That might be two or three inches with a hand like right where it needs to be to properly contest a shot. And so I think that's where guys like Okoro do need to prove it in the postseason. But regular season production is certainly encouraging with him the last year and a half. Man,
1: we got to start using Apple Cash. All right. Why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. Okay. So I can pay you in convos we're already having, not forget a payment or have the money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Hmm. That's actually kind of nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff at like a store with Apple Pay. Oh, so I don't have to do all the bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. It's easy, convenient, and secure.
0: Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash?
1: See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All
1: right, we go down the list. We got, after Cleveland, we got Milwaukee, New York, Philly, Indiana. That's the top six right now.
0: They're all in, all of them. Yeah. And
1: then we got Miami, Orlando, Chicago, Atlanta.
0: In in for Miami and Orlando. Chicago, Atlanta. Chicago right now is the nine seed, four games back from Orlando for the eight. Hawks, Atlanta. Six back from the Magic for the eight seed. Two and a half up on the Nets. But do you see
1: any of the Nets, Raptors, Hornets, Wizards, Pistons?
0: Um
1: obviously I mean, not those obvi- three obviously, at the
0: not, obviously not pistons or wizards
1: so toronto or brooklyn could you see either of them are they are toronto or brooklyn it, it it does mirror the western conference in the sense of it feels kind of like we're talking about utah and houston it, it's just their version on the other side and they I,
0: I mean as as i you. i think we probably have our 10 i think we probably have our 10 yeah i mean may- maybe if the nets get really hot um, but five and games lost by
1: friggin' 40 last night. Oh my God. I know. So I don't know about hot. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know if I'm counting on that. And, and the Raptors five games back from Atlanta for the 10 seed. That's, that's a lot to overcome with their lack of, you know, I mean, look, the Hawks have Trey young still. They have the Murray, they have Jalen Johnson. It's not like they're without talent. They're just not good. Collectively.
1: Philly three and seven in their last 10. How far do we think they fall? Are they playing in?
0: I think they could fall into the playing. Yes, I do. But but Embiid back mid March. Uh He'll be back soon enough. You don't. You hope if you're the Sixers medical staff. Mid March seems like we'll see.
1: Been such a weird reporting on that. I know. Not even talking about surgery. Not even talking like it's just there was a procedure done and you know. And then obviously he's seven foot tall, two hundred and ninety pounds, and. Getting to trust that knee coming back. I mean, you, you don't you don't know. Heald's been a good fit for them, for sure. Yeah, and um, will be a it'd be a great fit once Embiid comes back, alongside with him and Maxie, you know, playing off of that. Um, but it's obviously all dependent on when Joel can come back. And jeez, uh-huh. they're they've got a three, two and a half game cushion on eight.
0: Mid March, Chris, this is their stretch. They have a <laughs> starting March 10th. Listen to this stretch for the Sixers. This is hell for them. At Knicks, at Knicks, at Bucks, versus Hornets, versus Heat, at Suns, at Lakers, at Clippers, at Kings, versus Clippers, God. at Cavs. That is from March Murder. 10th. Yeah, March 10th until March 29th. That is a stretch of games that they have they they like they gotta have a beat back somewhere in the middle of that stretch, or it could fall <laughs> really far in the plan like they they could fall they they definitely even by then they're only up three uh, I know. Two, two and a half right now on the heat for the seven seed uh, two and a half on orlando yeah on orlando too they could fall to the eight, yeah they could it's not it's definitely possible eight Probably the farthest. I don't think they fall as far as Chicago. They, were, they yeah, would, they would need to Chicago, lose.
1: It's six and a half between them and Chicago. They'd have to lose like every game mm-hmm.
0: and the bulls, you know, obviously they're an average team.
1: So white is uh, continuing to thrive for them. Let me tell you something. I saw him in person about a week, week and a half ago. That's a, for people that have not watched the bulls a lot on league pass, boy, he, you know, it, look, I love that he's got the hair back. And there's a little Samson uh, thing going on. I know you're not a biblical man, but there's a story of Samson <laughs> and his long hair, Samson and Delilah, and Samson got his hair cut and it took away his powers. And there feels like a little Samson thing possibly going on with Kobe White because the hair has been back in full force this year. But let me tell you about, a, little, a little something about Kobe White. He uses that hair to his advantage because he does, and I it drives me crazy. This was very prevalent in the league a couple of years ago, and Harden used to do it all the time. Trey Young used to do it, the guys that took it to their advantage. And his looks so pronounced because of the huge hair. Anytime he is the least bit bumped, he does the whiplash thing where he kicks his head back so that his hair goes flying everywhere, so that he can get whistles. He's a he's a he's a stealth floppy guy, uh, Kobe White, and he uses that hair to the advantage. He really does because it looks like his head's going, you know, like in whiplash because the hair's flying everywhere, but it's really not. He's really and 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 in fact, I saw him do it twice. Both challenged, both reviewed, both overturned. And it wasn't even a big deal. It's just it looks like he gets killed because every time he gets touched, he whips his head back. And I mean, that I've never seen a guy use his hair to an advantage like him. It's amazing. Talented guy, though. As you were
0: imitating white, you know, whipping your head back i, I finally caught a glimpse of your shirt i've just seen ken on the screen now i see it's ken griffey jr oh, what, a, ken what a jr. what a what a great shirt yeah that's an Look awesome that. shirt that's so ken cool that, that's that's the vintage rookie card cover photo right it is ken griffey jr this is probably typical of anybody born in 1990 or in the surrounding years like me ken griffey jr is the first athlete i really loved. first athlete i really fell in love with
1: every day after school There was a bookstore down the street from our house, and we would try to work up like allowance money so we could go down there and buy 1989 Upper Deck cards just so we could get (laughs) the rookie, a King Griffey Junior. Yes, wow. Well, I mean, that was the hunt. The hunt, like he was. And he was cool, and he wore his hat backwards, and like I mean, we just <laughs> the
0: smoothest lefty. Yes, swing. dude.
1: There was nothing cooler than Ken Griffey Jr. I mean,
0: nothing. He, he was an amazing, amazing outfielder. Yes, he, like he's amazing
1: defensively. He stole bases. Played with his dad on the same team, which is a dream for any kid. I it's know. like, oh my god, you're on the team with you know. He is so cool. He uh, the epitome of cool, uh-huh. truly. And now he's on my Instagram feed every day telling me, you want to get rid of that dad bod? I swear <laughs> to God he's promoting some dad bod thing, oh my and God. it is on my feed every day, and I'm like, screw you algorithm. Really? <laughs> you got like a childhood hero? Hey, fat ass! You tired of those people noticing the extra 15 to 17 pounds you're carrying? I'm like, is he talking to me directly? <laughs> Get off my get off my Instagram feed, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, it's like dad bod stack. It shows up on my feed every really? friggin' day. Yes, I got a wild feed, man. You need to see a middle aged man's feed. It's it's wild. Not
0: sure I want to see it. It's
1: that dick pills, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I'm okay. like, why do they Why do they think I need all this shit? <laughs> They're like, hey, you got a dad bod. I'm like, all right, it's They're okay. Like, hey.
0: No no judgment if you do. Okay. Wanna last
1: longer? I'm like, eh <laughs> 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 You know <laughs> <laughs> You say the box is discreet. How discreet? <laughs> like it's gonna say my name on it. We're gonna get that uh, as a sponsor now. Oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> You're gonna be coming to me be like, Will you read this? I'm like, Come on, man, get off me.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I'll be the one who has to read the ad for that. I read, I read the ad for this one. <laughs> I'll read it. All right. Somebody works for Blue Chew or whatever. <laughs> What's the other one? Roman, Roman or something like that? Hymns. Yeah, hymns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: All right. Uh, we got the All Star Weekend coming up this weekend. We got rising stars that is going on. Well, the first thing we've got is the Ruffles NBA All Star Celebrity Game. Now, you want to feel old? Check out this game because you're going to be going who, who, who? Um, they are. I want to see a couple of athletes that you'll recognize. Meta World Peace, of course.
0: What's he going by now? He's not. He's like. That's it. He's like, it. They list him as Meta World Peace. Really? Okay. Yep. I thought he was like Meta. Uh, something else right now.
1: Micah Parsons and CJ C. Stroud. That's cool. I like it when the football guys do it. Okay. Um, and then who else was in this that I care that I uh, saw was doing it that I had some interest in? I can't remember who else. I don't know. Anyway, look, the celebrity games going on. There's a couple of big names in sports that are going to be playing in it. There's a couple of big celebrities. Your kids are going to know who's in the games, and well, not your kids, but other people's kids, and. The LED court—that's the big thing, right? So even if you don't give a crap about the celebrity game, uh, the LED court—it's going to be, I think, the first time that we can like see it with people playing on it. It's going to carry an endless amount of animation capabilities throughout the game, such as dynamic three-point line court graphics and much more. Uh, there's also going to be a four-point ridge line and a Ruffles Crunch time and the Ruffles flaming Hot Challenge. So there's going to be all kinds of crap, but they got this... LED. I, I just want to see the court. I do. Like, the celebrity game is a celebrity game. I'd like to see, uh, you know, Parsons and C.J. Stroud hoop. Uh, but beyond that, I want to see what that LED court looks like on TV. They're, not, they're doing the court for all the games, aren't they? For everything, including Right, Sunday? right. But this is the first event yeah, yeah, yeah. that's going on. Yeah. And so they're, they're like going to take real advantage, it feels like, of this LED court, because they got all these, like, challenges and crap. So i I think there's things that are going to be a part of that that probably won't be a part of some other stuff because they're going to be putting like you know here's this sex here's the four point line and here's the flaming hot challenge and here's all this crap so I mean look if I'm around the house, I'll flip it on for sure I will i because yeah. I just want to see the court um the next thing is the rising stars. I gotta be honest, I love the rising stars format. I think we talked about that last year little tournament. Yeah, with the three teams. And I feel like they play like they care because of the target score. Yeah, the G League is the fourth. Well, the G League, I mean, I, I, yeah, right. There is four teams. That G League team is going to get run out.
0: I would think so. I would think so. Oh, God.
1: Yes. They're probably going to get destroyed. Yeah, bad. But the other Rising Stars teams, tons of great young talent.
0: One thing, they do have game experience together. That's that's the argument for them.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think Ch- Chet and Jalen are on a team together, and Wemby's those, on a team those, with a teammates. And... Yeah, I'd be
0: I'd be shocked if they yeah. won. I'd be shocked if they come within
1: fifteen. Yeah, that's a, But well, they've probably come with that fifteen. They only played at twenty-five. Yeah. But I like the, <laughs> I, I like the <laughs> format. I mean, just, I'm not kidding. I don't know. I like the uh, I like the <laughs> format. I do. And I like the target score. I like team. I'll watch anybody play basketball to twenty-five. Yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm I'm,
0: I'm honestly looking forward to that more than
1: anything this weekend. the The rising stars. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, no, it is fun. I've never I've
0: never been a a Saturday night NBA All Star weekend. Oh,
1: I have my whole life. I've never ever. I love it. I don't know. All right, three point contest participants, just give me your winner. We got Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton. Damian Lillard, uh, who is the defending champ. Lori Markinen, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Towns, Trey Young. Let's go with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I am shocked Trey Young's doing it. Mm. I wouldn't even show up. I'd just give everybody the bird mm. for not having me there. I think it's a good move. He should do it. You're going Halliburton because he's the hometown guy? No, I'm
0: going Halliburton because he's an amazing shooter. And he's got like a very stationary shot. I think he
1: can flourish in that competition. I'll go Donovan Mitchell. Okay. I'll go Donovan Mitchell.
0: Who in the who do you get in the Steph Sabrina three point contests? Steph. Yeah, I'm going Steph as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we got that. And then we've got uh of course the slam dunk contest which is going to take place. And what is your opinion on Jalen Brown doing this? Who else is in it? Who are the other Jalen Brown Jami Mac McClung, Jacob Toppin.
0: It's nice to have a star. That, that's about it. It's cool. Hopefully we get more of him. Hopefully he has an amazing weekend and then more stars are like, hey, I want that attention next year.
1: Ain't nobody beating Mac McClung. Yeah, I don't think so either. Mac McClung put on one of the best dunk performances. I mean, I was just, I, I was there last year in Utah. People were going nuts. I mean, he was awesome. He is a great Great dunker, yeah.
0: Like Mac McClellan is a great dunker in every format. Jalen's more of an in-game dunker, like an in-game, you know, big time, you know, fast break dunk type of guy.
1: People are stunned at two things: a that Hami Haquez is doing the dunk contest, so anything he does will be shocking.
0: Didn't to he people. win a high school dunk contest? I mean, Think I know so. he's like obviously like he's a great athlete. A lot of college players did, but I'm pretty sure he did. He anything,
1: dunk. anything he does will shock people. Yeah. Right. Because they've never really seen like the Hawkeyes highlight that's gone mega viral of him dunking on someone or whatever, which typically and people are also going to be shocked that Obi Toppin has a brother, Jacob Toppin.
0: You think uh, Jalen Brown's recent dip in offensive production is due to him
1: spending every off day practicing dunks? It sounds like something that they would talk about on Boston Sports Radio. <laughs> it does. It does, doesn't it? That's, that's how that's, a, was... that's 100% a 420 <laughs> big traffic topic.
0: That's, I was raised on it.
1: Yeah. Do the Boston accent. Here, I'm going to tell you exactly what to say. Coming up next is Jalen Brown's current offensive dip because he's trying to do the silly dunk contest. Go ahead. Because I can't do the Boston accent well.
0: Can you try first? Can you just try try one? I just want to hear you try it.
1: What what is it? You got to like do your like Fenway Park. Yeah. Fenway Park is that right? Coming up next. Coming up next.
0: Coming up next is Jalen Brown ruining his career by practicing (laughs) dunks on his off days. (laughs) Yeah. For some reason, when I Uh, like when I channel. I don't know if that's even a good impression. It's probably Boston people. It's like, you got it wrong. But like when I channel Boston accent in my head, I think about the people who are scalping tickets outside of Fenway, outside of the garden. Oh. When, when they're like, tickets here! Buying, selling tickets! Tickets did here!
1: Your da- like when you were in the car, did your dad listen to like whatever, like, Glenn uh, Ordway, and, oh, like yeah, all yeah. those guys yeah. that were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, all the time. He was like a WEEI guy. Yeah, one of the
0: coolest things before my dad passed away was at the uh, Fenway Park, August 2019, they did a Jimmy Fun Telethon. That's where I like, yeah. thing the cancer research thing they've done for raising money for decades. At the event, I remember I was with my mom and my dad. I went to the bathroom for a minute, and then I walked out, and my dad was talking to Glenn Ordway, who he'd oh, been listening to the cool. radio on for decades. And it was Glenn Ordway who recognized my dad. Wow. That was a really cool thing from my dad. He's like, Glenn Ordway said hi to me. <laughs> That's cool. Super yeah, yeah, cool. That was that was a cool moment. Yeah. Or uh, uh Glenn Ordway, a super nice
1: guy. Really Huge cool deal in him. the afternoons there for a long, long yeah, time.
0: Yeah, yeah, He had a he had a big show for many,
1: many years in Boston. Yep. That was a pretty good impression. I thought you could have you could add a career in sports mm-hmm. radio. Yeah.
0: Sure. You know, it's it, it's it's funny. Like I think I've never really had like the strongest accent. Even even like pre-sports media ever going I've never had the strongest accent Um, I think it used to be more apparent in my teenage years talking a little bit you know lazier which
1: is odd because your mom does yeah my mom does for sure when I met her she's got the like you would immediately know where she's from
0: yeah I think there's certain words it like slips out a little bit with me but like it's just that's just the way it is but it's never been super heavy with me I don't know why I don't know I mean, I, I didn't grow up like in selfie. That's where a lot of people have the heavy accent that you see in movies, like people trying to imitate and the departed and all that, the departed, the Um, But I don't know. I never really had a super heavy one. Maybe, maybe I think because in Brockton, like Brockton is such a diverse city from people from like so many different backgrounds and all that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just grew up
1: speaking like Brock you weren't kids. around just all people that sounded the same. yes
0: exactly 100 percent. i grew up around people who sounded completely different from each other so i don't know maybe that's part of
1: it makes a lot of sense all right kevin it is always a pleasure we are going to enjoy our all-star break uh we will not have a show at the beginning of next week but we certainly will at the end of next week as we head into the post all-star break uh kind of i mean it's a stretch run of the season uh, as we are going to be Oof. heading into basically the last 30 games of the year and see where these Crazy. teams, we, we think that we've got our 10 in both conference, but there's going to be a tremendous amount of jockeying for, uh, in the standings uh, before the end of the year. Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. and Kevin, I'll talk to you next week. Have a beautiful week, everybody.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text nextstep 53342. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit K askgamblinghelp.com. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. Hope is here. In Massachusetts, visit gamblinghelplinema.org. I'll call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY.